You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live next. Hello. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. And next, our guest over here is looking at us like we're crazy because we were talking in sign language. No big deal. <laughs> Just keeping ourselves entertained. I'm your host, Jessica King, also the producer of Fox's hit show, Dish Nation. Check it out. I am joined by comedian extraordinaire, Nick Purdue. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we have an amazing guest today. You may know him as Carter Walton on The Bold and the Beautiful. Please welcome Lawrence St. Victor. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. We haven't scared you away yet. No, no. I'm all the way in. <laughs> we're, we're a little crazy, but we keep it entertaining. <laughs> Just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You have a whole hour with us. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, you know, in these interviews... I always warn our guests, we like to dig deep. We like to really get to know you. By the end of this interview, we're going to be besties. Cool. Cool. Let's <laughs> go. Let's dig deep. So you're originally, you grew up from grew up in New York, mm-hmm. uh, Spring Valley. Yes. Did you know at a young age that you always wanted to go into acting? Mm, uh, not really. Well, when I was 13 years old, my mom like bought this book for me. Mm-hmm. But no, she didn't buy it. She was a teacher and like books were left over and she gave it to me. And uh, it was like how to make it as a, a young actor. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't a big reader. But when I got that book, for some reason, I had to read it. And I read it from front to back. I'm like, Mom, I need an agent. And she said no. So that kind of stopped until I was about like 18 or 19. <laughs> and no, you're not getting an agent. <laughs> no, <I'm> like, <laughs> That's right. the end of that conversation. <laughs> I've always wanted to. I had an interest. I, I, you know, I, I had a passion for movies and television. And I thought I, thought I just loved it as a fan. But mm-hmm. it was more than that. And then when I turned 18 and went to college, I said, let's explore this and fell in love with it. Nice. Well, speaking of college, you went to SUNY Purchase and you graduated with your BFA in acting. Why was it important for you to get your college education as opposed to trying it right out of the gate of high school? Oh, wow. Well, my parents are teachers, so education was big in my household. And I didn't think twice about not going to college. And um, I was auditioning for some stuff before I, I, I had acting training, and I had my last audition. I was like, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> that audition was horrible. I'm not going on another audition until I get some classes, take some training. And um, uh, a friend of my family's told me that uh, at SUNY Purchase, that's where Wesley Snipes went. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if Wesley went, I want to go. So I auditioned and I got in. Looking back now, what kind of things do you think you learned that have influenced your acting career that you may not have known otherwise? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) We have time. (laughs) Well, at school, um, it was so much about the art and craft and and the theater and the history of it also. So coming out of school, I just had this respect for acting, the respect for the craft. And I would never not be prepared because then I would be like belittling Mm -hmm. the craft of acting, you know? Yeah. So school gave me an appreciation for the art form. 
Very well, cool. So now, and after college, or like right out of college, really, you you landed the role of Remy, yeah, right on the yeah. on the guiding light. So you know, because most people kind of struggle a little bit. You know, so I'm sure you had some actor friends who you know were a little <laughs> a little jealous, like, hey, you got on this on this soap opera. So what was that like? Especially like, what was that audition process like? It was strange because it was it was unorthodox. And um, before I even went to SUNY Purchase. I um, went in as an extra on The Guiding Light, and mm-hmm. I, I stayed in contact with the cast and director. And going to SUNY Purchase, it's a, it's a really good school. So I was doing a play my junior year, Six Degrees of Separation, uh, the part that Will Smith played in the film. Oh, wow. And I, I invited him out, and he came out to you see You invited it. Will? No, not oh. <laughs> the cast and director. Will didn't answer my call. So. Man. <laughs> Will came out. No, the casting director of Guiding Light came out. Oh. And he saw me in it and he loved me in it. And he said, I want you to come in for a meeting. And we talked. And, you know, I was a junior in college, so nothing happened. Then a year later after that, the role of uh, Remy opened up and they offered it to me. But I, I read a year ago just a general reading with him and the executive producer. So it was from 2000 to like 2006. So it was like a six-year kind of gotcha. working. Yes. Yeah. Were you had you even graduated yet when you were offered the role? No, no, wow. I, I got offered in uh, in January and I graduated in May. Wow! So, and I was working while I was in school and at purchase. That's a big no no. Mm. Like you're not supposed to do that. So oh, really, I would like dip out of class or <laughs> come up with reasons why I was late or missed class while I was in uh, the city uh, shooting Guiding Light. And, and no one saw you on TV? Well, like? everyone's working during the day. And by the time oh, okay. people started seeing me, by, by, by that hat, it was like May. By the time people caught on to what I was yeah. doing, and then I was about to graduate. So. so it's a no-no to act while you're studying acting. At that school, Why yeah. is that? The- I think uh, because they want, they want uh, their actors to graduate. They want people to complete the program. I mm-hmm. guess it makes the school look better if you did the full program, then you go and become a big acted then it's like well i committed four years into this program Mm. and and, you know to their defense my training wasn't complete as far as the curriculum i still had more to complete but you can't turn down yeah Yeah. come on yeah Yeah. (laughs) like spielberg wants you in a movie like well i can't because i'm in school sorry spielberg (laughs) right that's you know. And then you say it just like that. Yeah, like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> Coming back in a year. Um, so you credited. I'm, I apologize if I say his, his last name uh, incorrectly, but Tom Felfry. 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 Okay. Yes. And Stephanie Gachet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, uh, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. one. That's, that's a, good a tough one. one. See, that's what I would have said not gotcha. completing college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so but you credited them to, to helping you out, especially when you first kind of Oh yeah, got man. On. It was it was very difficult. I mean, uh theater training and when you're in that kind of acting school, it's all about preparation and process. You mm. commit to rehearsal time and then on daytime, more than any other form, more than prime time, more than film, the pace and how fast it Quite is. Enough. And I got there, I'm like what about rehearsal? <laughs> what about we're going to, and it's like, no, you got it. You got to go in. And Tom went to a school similar to mine, Rutgers. So he kind of understood where I was coming from. And I would just lean on them until I figured out how to go that fast. Was there anything that they said that really stuck with you that you've kept throughout your, your career? 
nothing that they said, just more their example, mm-hmm. you know, just because a lot of people say stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But watching them and the, and the other actors on Guiding Light 2, I, across the board, all of them actually, just watching how they, how they work. Because it's a beast. When you had doing an episode or at the time we were doing like two episodes a day. And, you know, we have to have it in and locked. You know, that's yeah. the way daytime works financially is we get it all in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a crazy pace as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you played the role of Remy for about three years. And ever since throughout the years, you've been working pretty steadily. You're now on another soap, which we'll get into soon. But we're, so- sorry, were soap operas your first choice of television production? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the you know, when... I want, you know, you grow up, you want to be Denzel, you want to be Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and then going into school and understanding the business, that was a big part of my development was understanding business, not just get caught in the art form. And it was like to be a working actor, period, is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, soaps, I was like, I, I really enjoyed it when I did extra work and I saw how they worked. And then I saw the people that came from, I mean, Nia Long came from Guiding Light. I believe Tay Diggs was on there, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Bacon, so and James wow. Earl Jones, I believe. Um, so it's like seeing all these people come from this, and I get it. It's like if you do a soap opera, by the time you get on a prime, when I did Ugly Betty, I was like, why is this it moving easy. so yeah. slow? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. when I when I did uh, the films I've done, it was just like, wow. Like the last film I did was called uh, A Pass to Light that should be coming out hopefully by next year. Um, you know, they had a blooper reel. At the at the rap party, and uh, one of the actors was like Lawrence, you didn't make it on the blooper reel, because like, I didn't mess up my line. <laughs> I'm used to having to do it. That good. No, it's, you know, you in daytime is one take. Yeah, you got to get it in one take, and after a while, you develop that you know that thing. So mm. wow, talk yeah. about pressure. I know. Yeah, one shot. One shot. That's all you get. <laughs> was there ever a time throughout these years since you've graduated that you've had a struggle in the industry? Oh, yeah. Um, I've worked pretty steadily, and Guiding Light was canceled on April Fool's Day <laughs> in oh. 2009. <laughs> of all days. Yeah, I know. You know, so between then, I did some films. I did a, a lot of theater. Uh, I did uh, Tyler Perry's For Better or Worse and stuff like that. But, you know, you just, you know, there's in-between times. You're like, what are you going to do? And yeah. New York yeah. City is an expensive place to live, so you're kind of like... What are we gonna do? Are you gonna, you know, trying to grind this thing out? And, yeah. You know. How did you keep yourself motivated through those sorts of times? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've kind of been like all my eggs in one basket kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I don't have a backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> my mm-hmm. parents are like, you should study this as a backup plan. I'm like, if I have a backup plan, then I won't do the A plan. Yeah. So yeah. there was nothing else. I don't think I'm qualified <laughs> to do anything else outside of entertainment, as far as you know. I'm like, what would I do? Mm-hmm. This is it. This is what I got to do. And I have a wife, so it's like I can't yeah. fall back. <laughs> no. You know? There's no turning back now. No <laughs> turning back. So when the show was canceled, right? Because you said it was canceled on April Fool's Day. Oh, like, yeah. Did you call a couple people? Like, is this a joke? Or was it well, like, or did I, you know that it was coming? Well, I was on set, and they sent us to uh, shoot in Orlando, Florida, like uh-huh. the week before. So we were like, we're not getting canceled. We're good. They support us. And we were out on location shooting, and they were like, uh, they brought us all downstairs. And I looked at the makeup artist, Helen, and she was just crying. And I'm like, oh, come mm. on. 
And then they told us we got canceled. Another actor was like, this is an April Fool's Day joke. I'm punching you in the face. <laughs> but no, and it was all over the news and stuff. And it was yeah. it was crazy. So they you just stopped production. So you like you could have been like in the middle of, of a scene we were, in line. We were and... in the middle of shooting. I, was, I wasn't shooting it. I was in the makeup room. But then we continued. We finished out the day after we got the news. Oh, okay. So you still we still shot because uh, we, we, we our last episode we shot was like at the end of August. Okay, so we still sense. had time. Yeah, it wasn't like you guys are done. Pack up your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's know, it. That's it. Had... Lights are going out. <laughs> yeah, we still had some time. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, did you did you want to do another soap? Like, was that in your head? Like, you know, as you were leaving, or was it kind of like? I think just working, <laughs> working was in my head, and um. Ah, that's a, that's a good question. Because I, I wouldn't say, no, I didn't want to do another one. It was just, you know, I just wanted to be creative and work. Mm. And I've been writing and, and developing my own my own stuff, too. So for me, it wasn't about, is this a soap? Is this a play? It's like, I just want to work, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, you now star on The Bold and the Beautiful, which is not canceled, which is <laughs> great. not canceled, yes. <laughs> you play Carter Walton, the adopted brother of Marcus Forrester. Mm-hmm. How did this role come about for you? Um, I came out here for a producer's session for um, Y&R, actually. And I met with everybody. It went well. Uh, the role didn't go my way. But through that, they set up a meeting with um, Brad Bell, the, exec- uh, the producer mm-hmm. of Bold and the Beautiful, and we just hit it off. Oh, you know, wow. we hit it off and talked about uh, some of the projects. I, I, I developed a web series uh, years ago called Wedlocked, and he really enjoyed it. So we talked a lot about that. So mm-hmm. they, um, I guess they knew they wanted to bring on more of Marcus's family. Mm-hmm. And me and Texas kind of, uh, who plays Marcus, favor each other as far as, like, you know, these guys kind of grew up together. You believe mm-hmm. it. So they offered me the role. What were your first thoughts when you read the role? Uh, well, that's the thing about daytime. You figure it out as you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when I first read the role, it was like, hey, Marcus, how are you? Yeah. Long time no see. And I'm like, okay, that's what I got. <laughs> you know, and you figure it out as you go, you know? Yeah. So by that time, were you ready to return to, to soaps? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Especially um, having a project that brought me to L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in New York, so I was excited about coming to L.A. wasn't sure when exactly. So having a, to come out here with work and then on a show like this, because Bold and the Beautiful is very unique. I mean, you know, it's 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 the Bells. They It's their baby. Yeah. You know, no one else is jumping in there, turning it around. It's their baby, their distribution internationally. Like, mm-hmm. it's huge, yeah. you know. And to be a part of that, I'm like, is 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 amazing like they're telling me when they go to italy like they need armed security because people are like rushing to their hotels oh wow so i was like oh that's why huh? <laughs> <laughs> so you're fairly recent la transplant oh, yeah. and a lot of east coasters my family's from the east coast and a lot of east coasters that i know aren't big fans of california <laughs> how are you liking la so far okay that's a good question <laughs> i like it and it's grown on me but i i, I was getting a lot really homesick yeah. Because when the role started, it was pack up my stuff and come out here. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the transition of saying goodbye to New York. Like, you know, me and New York had a love-hate relationship, <laughs> but it was a romance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, coming out here, it was great. I like driving. I like how 
chill it I like is. Driving. <laughs> like driving. Yeah. I love that's like your number one. That's my number one. It's not the weather. It's not like driving. The weather's awesome. The weather's awesome. But I do miss seasons. I miss like yeah. we have seasons. We do. We do. Spring and summer. That's all you need. We you have don't winter. Need... It gets cold. It does. All you need okay, is spring and summer. <laughs> I was out here for the winter. And yeah, it, it got it got brisk. It got a little brisk. <laughs> then I went back to New York. You can't even say the word and, cold. And it was cold in New York. Um, and you know, I miss the energy of New York and, and the pizza. Yeah, the pizza's uh, good. Getting, I'll you give know, you that. I will give you that. Come on, but Get no, I, I love pizza. I love L.A. I love just being in the industry here and, and and you know meeting all the people you look up to. They're all here. Mm-hmm. You see them, it's just you know, it becomes more attainable seeing them do their thing. I bumped into Shamar Moore. At this party, and it was like this cool. It was, it was in my mind the passing the torch moment, <laughs> <laughs> but I bumped into him. He was really cool, and I'm like, that wouldn't have happened in, in New, New York. York. Yeah, not like that. No. Nick's getting all bitter because he's probably the only person you'll ever meet that was born and raised in LA. Wow. <laughs> I bumped into Shamar Moore too. Kind of weird. It's weird that like, he's everywhere. I'm like, it's weird. <laughs> funny. I have the <laughs> same story. <laughs> at the grocery store. <laughs> no, like, I'm like, like I, I really like it's. It's weird because he's just around. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real dude. Yeah, he's, he's you know, a real dude. Nice guy. He's yeah. just wild. He's... I have a friend that bumped into him at Kitson. See? <laughs> See? He's, he's yeah. You're like, when does he work on a show? He's always going on. <laughs> so now you you played Remy Boudreaux, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For about three years. And so now that you've been on The Bold and The Beautiful, you played your current character, Carter, for about a year. Yeah. Right? So how do you, you know, kind of keep... Not, I'd say, recreating the character, but how you kind of, kind of keep the momentum going and you know, kind of keep them fresh. Oh man, I mean, we have great writers that always find things for our characters to get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started the show, I was a lawyer coming to visit his brother. Then it turned out I came out to L.A. because I'm an aspiring actor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we kind of had this show within a show thing. So when they keep throwing stuff in there like that at you, you know, every episode is like, oh man, I didn't know I do this. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, but is it easy to get too comfortable with the character? You, I mean, I guess, yeah. I would say you, you could if, 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 you know, you could. It's, it's your job as an actor to keep investigating, keep digging in, and keep making it fresh and new. Mm. Yeah. So the state of soap operas has been a little in flux, I guess you could say, in the past couple of years. There's oh, been yeah. a few that have been canceled, and then there's some like yours that are thriving. Does that ever make you nervous? No, because I've already gone through a, a cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Godding Light was, at, at that time frame, it was the first one to get canceled like that, mm-hmm. within that genre of soaps. And, you know, including radio, it was on for, like, 72 years. Yeah. So yeah. it's not supposed to get canceled, like, job security. Yeah. yeah. So when that got canceled, it was a blow. So now, for me, it's like, I've been through it already. You just have a different mentality. Oh, Yeah. And appreciate every day on yeah. set, every single day, because, you know, on GL, when you're on a show like that, and I just, re- I, I negotiated my contract for two more years, like oh, around wow. the cancellation. So I'm like, I got two more years, and I'm going to L.A., and like, you're canceled. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You start planning things. Yeah. Like, you got to take that Bentley back. <laughs> <laughs> the Bentley had to go back. <laughs> Can't fly a private jet no more. Oh, yeah. Good to coach like the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so you you created uh, or you, you co-created and co- co-wrote Room Eight with Carlo Mosley and Bradley P. Bell. Yes, right. And and so which is it's an online series that follows the storyline of Bulls and the Beautiful. Yeah, sort of. Um, so my character is an actor on the show, 
and the girl that he's in love with uh, is an actress, and they both uh, book this web series called Roommate. Mm. Now, um, Bold and the Beautiful, Roommate gets messed up because the girl that I'm in love with, Carla's character, is dating a guy. But his ex-girlfriend hates her, so she sabotages the show. She wants me and Carla to fall. She knows I have feelings for her, and she wants us to fall in love. So she gets with the producer and starts adding, like, all these steamy scenes and longer kissing scenes and stuff like that. So um, when Brad came up to us and said, uh, you know, if we want to create this show with him, Mm. you know, um, our pitch was, can we do it the way it was supposed to be before it was messed up, which is more of a sitcom, more of a watching these two people who don't like each other start to become friends and then, you know, maybe eventually getting together. And he was like, he went for it. So it is what was on B&B, but it kind of sits in its own world too. Mm. If that makes sense. So, and, and because people can, can watch it on CBS.com. Yeah. Uh, and if you type in room eight, the series.com, mm. it'll bring you to where it is on CBS.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, so how did you, or I was like, like why did you even want, want to get involved with doing a uh, web series? Because you, you talked about that you had a, a web series earlier. Oh, yeah. So like, was that kind of like, well, I've done one before, so let me go ahead and do this well, too? Or? Well, in the last, like, you know, the last four years or so, I've, I've written and directed short films, uh, mm-hmm. music videos for independent artists, uh, book trailer for an artist, and uh, have been writing short films and uh, shot a pilot for a web series I'm still pushing right now. So as far as being behind the scenes, producing and writing, that's something I have a strong interest in. And um, when he came up to us with Roommate, it was like, yeah, this is what yeah. I want to do. And then I get CBS's support. Yeah. And I get to start it? <laughs> no problem. Oh, man. <laughs> Works out for the best of it. You know, why yeah. not? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, The Bold and the Beautiful, you guys have won quite a few Emmys. And there's even a Guinness World Record for most popular daytime soap currently on TV. Do you ever feel like the pressure is on to be on such a successful show? No. The pressure is when they make you take your shirt off so much, and you're uh, like, oh, I really want to go to Fat Burger, man. <laughs> we will get into that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the pressure, because when you're on a show called Bold and the Beautiful, and then you're there, it's like, oh, I got, I got you know, you got to. You always got to be on your the game. Like, yeah, all this. So <laughs> I say that's where the pressure is. As far as the popularity, where we we're in the studio making it, so like we're in our own world creating. So what mm-hmm. what gets put out there, we recognize it at an awards show or or during interviews. But outside of that, we're like in our own you know corner. World. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you can keep your shirt on here, um, <laughs> but if you but, you know feel the need, it's kind of hot outside. No, they, you know they can they can just tune into Bold and Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> But if for whatever reason, you know, it's like 97 degrees this weekend and, you know. It is warm outside. <laughs> but that's why we have the AC on here. So go ahead and keep showing. Good question. What is next for, for your uh, character, Carter Walton? Uh, well, he, uh, so he wound up getting the girl that he's gone after. She, uh, she wound up dumping her boyfriend because he slept with his ex-girlfriend because he thought she slept with me. And uh, I proposed to her, and we're engaged to get married. Wow. But she's still kind of, I think she's still kind of in love with him, so. She's a little on the fence right now. Yeah. Yeah. She's wearing my ring, 
but she's on the fan, so. Well, you know, that's what makes good soap opera. That's what makes right? good drama. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So now, if, if you, cause you know, you do a, a little writing. So if you could write, let's say like the next three to ten episodes, right? What would you write for your character? Oh, wow. Okay, this is the bold and the beautiful, okay? So any, like, general hospital writers here, don't steal this idea. <laughs> this is for the bold and the beautiful. This is exclusively. Exclusively for... bold and the beautiful. Um, I would say that uh, I would have him be aware of her feelings for her ex mm-hmm. and um, have him confide in his uh, sister-in-law. That's kind of only family he has right now because his brother's off in France working on some stuff and in confiding with her I would have them have like a romantic slight flair because <gasps> she's alone Ooh. and he's kind of left her and that's I, your brother I know but, <gasps> then, but then me and her say like no we're not going to do it we're not going to do it I'm getting married she's like fine yeah, you're absolutely right but of course when we kiss her ex-boyfriend who still wants her back sees it camera phones it takes a picture and mm. at the wedding day when the guys like anyone here have <laughs> any reason why these two oh. shouldn't get together, he shows the picture, and my brother's there as my best man. We wow. have to get this Boom. to the bells. Wow, we got to get this. That's my dream scenario. <laughs> wow, I've thought about. I would this watch before. that. I see. I, I, I see. mean, yeah. that sounds like a plot line to me. It's like it's a hot mess. It's about to go <laughs> it down. Is. It is. Yeah, you got the drama in there. You got the love in there. I mean, I'm glued. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably start watching soaps. We'll have to see if this happens. There's a good chance it won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but something good will happen in this place. Hey, you never know. You know, because like some, something may just happen. Like next year, something happens. You know, like, oh, that was kind of... But if we see about. this storyline on Days of Our Lives, we know. Oh, exactly. we're going to go after we know. them. Yes. Not cool. <laughs> well, you like you mentioned briefly, you've had some really cool guest roles. You're on Ugly Betty. You've been on Law & Order. You've been on For Better or Worse, Tyler Perry Show. But... Soap operas are obviously a lot more fast-paced than TV, as you said before. Which format do you prefer? Um, wow. That's a dangerous question. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I say something else, um, I pr- you know what? It's, it, I prefer both. Because, you know, doing, well, for better or worse, was extremely fast, too. Tyler mm-hmm. doesn't play. He gets mm-hmm. in it. But um, there's a... There's something precious about the artwork as far, in acting when you're doing something that takes more time because mm-hmm. you just have more time to finesse it. There's more time to talk about it. But there's also something about daytime where the pace means get out of your head. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. Commit to the work. Make strong choices. For, it's like doing theater. Mm-hmm. So I would say they both have a place in, in, in my heart because, you know, soaps is the closest thing to like doing theater outside of doing a play. So cool. I think I cheated <laughs> yeah, you kind of didn't directly answer the question, but I'll, let it, I'll let it slide. Good answer. Right? Good answer. Great, great family feud. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about soap opera? What is the most challenging thing about working on a soap opera? Um, I guess, I mean, what you get used to the pace. So the pace uh, it, it isn't challenging anymore after a while. I guess the most challenging thing is, you know, it goes every single day. Mm-hmm. So the shifts that happen in your character that could be abrupt that, you know, you didn't see coming as an actor and you may not agree with as an actor, but you have to justify it. And that could be a little challenging because, mm-hmm. you know, it can go from zero to 60 
because you know they they're creating stories that can go on for the next three hundred days, mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to like you know just twenty two episode arcs and they break and they figure it out. Yeah, so it can get kind of rough. And you're like, he would never what? do that. Yeah. yeah, you know. But then we get out of our own way and we just do it. Very cool. Yeah. Of all the roles that you've played, I mean, you've been in quite a few things. What has been the most fun character to create? Ah, uh, oh, wow. I did this um, play off Broadway in New York with um, with Kevin um, dot com. He's mm-hmm. on um, Dirty Rock. He's mm-hmm. one of the guys out there. We did a play, and it's about these um, Haitian refugees who stole away in this um, this ship, this coffee bean ship that comes to the U.S. because they're trying to get away from Haiti in the uh, 80s um, and they all wind up dying in there but when they die they're visited by this this slave this um, American slave Amer- uh, African American slave who helps them on their course and each character is different and my character before he dies is kind of like focused he's kind of you know trying to be the leader mm-hmm. but then when he dies you see the real him and he's like this juvenile <laughs> playful slightly manipulative get under <laughs> your skin kind of guy and it was just fun because you know i had to master the accent and i'm half haitian yeah so it was cool to kind of get into my roots that oh, cool. that was the most fun recent one nice yeah. yeah yeah so now what would be your dream role and then who else would you want you know to play alongside you in that wow okay I have two dream roles. Is that is that okay? No, it's not. I guess. Oh, it's tough out here. Jeez. Okay. If they ever made Superman black, okay, I'm I'm all the way in. I could see that. I'm all I, the yeah, way I in. I see yeah. black Superman. I can I can see it. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know, if Morgan Freeman played my dad, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Like a Leroy Kent or something. Yeah. <laughs> Leroy <laughs> Kent. There you go. <laughs> And the second one would be uh, something a little more grittier, more edgier. Like uh, when I saw uh, Fruitvale, you know, mm. touch me, rip me apart. But I also thought as an actor, what what a time to have as an actor to like go to this place and be the one to to tell Portrait. this story. Yeah. You know, it, it's sad, but there is something, you know, amazing in being the one chosen to. Bring yeah. this story to people, something like that, and do a great job at it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael did his thing. Yeah, Michael did his thing. So you uh, also work with this organization called Speak. Oh, that was okay. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you used to work with an organization <laughs> called Speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you uh, get involved with with them? Oh well, it was uh, uh, back in college. Um, it's friends of mine. We had a, a Bible study, and we decided to just make it you know, permanent while we were there and in a little bit afterwards and just commit to just the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times I'm Christian and a lot of times as Christians, we, there's this judgmental by the book kind of deal mm-hmm. and that cuts off conversation. You yeah. know, everyone comes from a different place with a different learning and there should be a place where we can just talk without anyone being judged or, or ridiculed. So that was kind of what that was for us. And then now, you know, because especially in, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in black Hollywood, do you think that it is important to, to really, you know, maintain your faith and, and stuff as, as a, a Christian man, you know, because with all the Absolutely. stuff floating around? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it just even even 
you know, uh, being out here, and even back in New York, anyone who's pursuing something that's, you know, a challenging career path where mm-hmm. there's a lot of competition, there's a lot of downtime, you know, having to just be left to your own resources of how you come up out of it or how you inspire yourself seems a little too hard for me. So I'd rather lean on something I know will always encourage mm-hmm. me and fuel me, you know. So, yeah, I mean. You know, there's rough times in this career. Yeah. Having something as a foundation like that can just keep you yeah. keep you standing tall. It's true. There you go. Yeah. Now, you are a uh, comic book fan. All day. Right? <laughs> All day. So, was this like a childhood thing? Is that how you got into comic yeah. books? Yeah. And so, like, what is your favorite comic book? And then what was your first comic book that you got? Wow. I know. See that? Oh, right. taking a bat. See book. that? Taking a bat. Oh my gosh, man! You I, still have it? Does mom still have it? Like in in a box in the my garage? My mom would be the first one to throw stuff away <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not looking. It's gone. Uh, my first comic, I'll say comic style book, was um back in the day. He Man used to come out with these books. Oh, oh yeah. He Man! You know, yeah. and that's the first one I remember reading. Where it was like, we're not reading, but looking at looking at the pictures. He Man, and my favorite. That's hard. My favorite one would have to. Right now, The Walking Dead is serious. Hmm. The comic book is serious. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's the uh, the question. You ready? Yeah. Come on. Uh, Batman, Superman, Meteor Man, or Blank Man? <laughs> Ooh. I had wow. to I had to throw a, a couple brothers in there. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. <laughs> Gotta make it diverse. Yeah. Make yeah, it yeah, a yeah diverse. Diverse. <laughs> Uh, Superman. <laughs> he's the granddaddy, you know. He's the only reason why all the other superheroes are where they are. But you know, Blank Man, Blank Man's there, right? <laughs> Blank Man's definitely there. <laughs> you got that? I was, I was, I was a fan of Blank Man. So, I love know. Blank Man as a kid. Yeah, I love Blank Man. Yeah. Well, when you're not acting or buried in comic books, uh, you're also quite the athlete, right? I try. <laughs> football swimming martial arts is sports kind of a passion for you as well yeah i mean i think it's more so being athletic being able to do mm-hmm. um, my dad was big and is still as big into football he coaches football now so like athleticism and eating right was always in my household he never let me put whipped cream on my ice cream it's like what? no it's too much it's too missing much out. missing out on life dude <laughs> no i get it in now <laughs> you know so he all he always and he eats so clean so i just kind of adopted that and when i turned 18 i was like you know i played a lot of sports but like i said dad i want to you know i want to get it in you know i spent the summer with him in our garage mm-hmm. and it was serious crazy <laughs> But yeah, it's like uh, just to be in shape, you know. As as we get older, <laughs> I don't metabolism I, slows down. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't want to feel old, you know. Yeah. Like I don't want to, you know. I would ask, you know, older people, like, when's the last time you felt the sensation of running? Like, when's the last time you ran or did a cartwheel? A cartwheel. They're like, oh, cartwheels, probably like thirty years ago. I'm like, thirty what? years ago was the last yeah. time you did a cartwheel. <laughs> so I never want to be in that, you know. When I'm sixty, I want to be able to. Do a cartwheel. Do it quite not. <laughs> Man. Could you imagine just like randomly walking down the street and see this old guy doing cartwheels? I'd be yeah. like, yes. <laughs> yes. How did you get into martial arts? I was picked on by a bully in the first grade. <laughs> it's kind of the Karate Kid story. I was picked on by a bully in the first grade. 
and uh, it started taking martial arts. And then oh, one wow. day he picked up You're me like, again. I'm not going to let this happen again. And I kicked him. <laughs> and he stopped being a bully. We became friends after that. And then, you know, I loved it. And, you know, as a kid growing up, especially like in the 80s and 90s, it's like martial arts and karate films and all that. It was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to do all the stuff they can do. Cool. Yeah. You like Steven Seagal, huh? Steven? You're a Steven Seagal. He's all hands. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's all hands. I like little kicks in there. He's all hands and belly now. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was stalking, I mean, Googling your name. (laughs) Okay, so one of the first things that popped up was Daytime Confidential's shirtless soap hunks of September list. And uh, as you know. You made the list. Uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. Like, what is that like seeing yourself shirtless all over the internet? <laughs> weird. That is weird. It's weird because, you know, every so often you Google yourself and you look at the pictures, and when like a lot of them's like with no clothes on, you're like, what do I do for I a living? I have shirts. <laughs> I have clothes. Uh, it's weird. And I think it gets really weird if it ever becomes normal. Mm-hmm. Like if it ever, oh, that's that's normal. That's I'm just how they know, yeah. No. It's weird, but, you know, it, it it's cool. It comes with the territory. It makes me uh, keep myself in shape. It's weird when I have a love scene and my grandmother's watching. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's weird. That's <laughs> weird. When I, when she calls me and says, yep, I had to look at the floor. I had to Aww. look at the floor. Tell me. You don't watch. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's daytime self, so I don't really show anything. You know, it's not too grotesque. It's not. It's not. It's not. But Just the insinuation of... But when we were doing the Room 8 stuff, and, that, and um, the girl was putting stuff in the show to sabotage uh, Carla's relationship, like, Carla had to, like, lick spaghetti sauce off of me. And, like, you know, <laughs> so it's not crazy, but there's suggestive things that... Yeah. Hey, your grandma's like, what are you wasting spaghetti sauce? What? what are you wasting that spaghetti sauce? <laughs> <laughs> to look at the flow. <laughs> well, you briefly mentioned a little bit about the pressure of having to eat right all the time when you just want a burger. Is that always in the back of your mind, knowing that you could might have to strip down any day, or do you ever let yourself cheat? Oh, I cheat. You have to cheat. If <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, if, if I have to cheat, maybe somebody else doesn't, but I have to cheat. But there, there is a pressure there. But I have some really cool people in um, the production office and in wardrobe that give me a heads up. Oh, okay. Just tell, just tell me the week before. Give me seven days, <laughs> and I, because you know, so they give me a heads up, so I'm not caught out there. One time they got me though, man. They said, "Yeah, you're shirtless." The day we got back from Christmas vacation, <laughs> I'm like, "You all oh, know no. I was getting it in." Did you have a pot belly? I no, did. Just kidding. <laughs> like, pot belly. Wow. <laughs> That's, what to That's what happens to me after <laughs> Christmas. No, what I had to start exercising immediately over over the break because it's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> So you've been married to, you are married to your beautiful wife, Shay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say that relationships in general in this industry are tough. And every day, you know, you read Us Weekly, you watch E! News, whatever. You're hearing about Hollywood's couples splitting up, even some of the longstanding ones he never expected it from. Mm -hmm. What is your secret to keeping a successful marriage in this competitive industry? Um, Not even competitive, but. What's the word I'm looking for? Distractive distract, industry. Yes. Uh, I would say, and this is something, you know, I'm still growing in. I don't think you ever, 
you stop growing in this. But I think forgiveness and patience has to be part of your character if you want to have a successful marriage. Because, you know, uh, nor husband or wife will be perfect. You know, we're not just going to be perfect. You'll have expectations that won't be met. We're human beings. Mm -hmm. And the closer you get to someone, the more you expect from them. And if you don't have patience or forgiveness, you know, it's just a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. So I would say those two things are fundamental. Everybody's love each other. You know, everyone's in love, 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 love. But it's like, okay, what about when this happens, you don't love them today. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Sometimes you love them a little less. (laughs) I love you, but do I like you? You know, what happens in those, because that's real. And what happens in those moments? What do you have to fall back on? Well, you, know. you just go to work, right? Let's go to work. You know, you have your shirt and stuff. You gonna get me in trouble? <laughs> well, I'm shooting a scene with someone today, so that's terrible. No, you're probably a great husband. Yeah, so, right. You know, well, you probably pick up some flowers on the way home. I'm just throwing that out there. Also, yes. So, <laughs> I will. So, but now your wife is also super talented, right? And so yes. she uh, co-owns Saint Victor Productions with you. Yeah, yeah, my company. Yeah, that we we started it when we started doing stuff. We have another uh, business partner, Trisha Washington, and yeah, yeah, she's a singer. We went to acting school together, so we were in the same class. That's where we. That's just kind of how you, you guys you guys yeah. met, or was it? It's yes, how we met. And when Aww. you're in acting school, it's like you see each other's emotions like the yeah. second day of class. Yeah. So everything was was a little, you know, oh. faster. So you know, being a couple is one thing, right? But being business partners, something totally different. True. So how do you manage that? How do you balance that being couple, you know, being married couple and also working together? I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> what I've what I figured out is. Unless I'm asking her about something I wrote on a personal level, like, mm. baby, what do you think? I I email her like I don't live with her. Mm. Like, yeah. like, you know, you're like at your home. business partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way, because, you know, at one point, it was just all day long. I'm, I kind of, when I get it in, I work. Mm. I work pretty hard, and I'm all day. And she's not. She's like, this is when I work. Mm. <laughs> this is when I'm done. Yeah. And it took me a while to figure out. I have to just email her, like, like if she was just, you know, we had a business and she went home to her family and I went home to my family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good way okay. to look at it. Yeah. And so uh, you guys co-produced this movie, The Forgiven. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, it's a short film. Um, it's about uh, this girl, this little girl who's kidnapped, and. Um, these guys kidnapped her, hold her for ransom, and one of the guys who kidnapped her kind of looks after her, and he kind of, you know, he feels for this little girl. He he has an attachment, and then he's pretty much told that you know it's time to time to kill her. So go downstairs and kill her. And when he goes downstairs and kill her, he's you know they're talking, and she's very affectionate towards him. It's like her big brother now, mm. and he knows that he has this gun. He has to put a bullet in her head, mm. and um, he puts the gun to her head, and because he's going to do it. And she's like, before he pulls the trigger, she says, I forgive you. And then she prays for him (laughs) that after he does this, he's okay and all this stuff. Like, I forgive him. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing, but just forgive him. And then she looks at him in the eyes and says, like, okay, I'm done. And puts her head down to get shot. And of course he can't do it. So, (laughs) and then it kind of ends on that kind of cliffhanger. Like, what are they going to do now? There's people that told him to kill her and he didn't. Yeah. 
So wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was it's busy. a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. They, they go get ice cream after so <laughs> It all ends well. Uh, and so you you spend the majority of your career acting in soap operas. Yeah. Right. And so I mean, is is that where you find yourself more comfortable? You know, like do you plan to to do the transition into the the big time movies or stuff like that? Or of like, course. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Like uh, one of the actors I really enjoy and look up to creatively is um James Franco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. he 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 already hit it. He hit it. Or, uh, you know, years ago, as far as where he is in mm-hmm. his career, but now he makes choices because they creatively fulfill him. Mm-hmm. So he'll do a short film, or he'll direct a short film, or he'll go to film school, and he even went and did General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. because it was fulfilling. But he had a butt double, right? Did he have a butt double? <laughs> <laughs> did he? Not? That's what I hear. I don't know, <laughs> but um, so yeah. So when I look at soaps, I I, I stopped grouping it. In a, in a certain category mm. and I started looking at it as like different forms of, of expression mm. you know because you can get caught up with you know I'm on a soap and I want to transition and it's like well did you master this mm-hmm. yeah did you master where you are because if you're so focused on leaving and you're not mastering where you are they pay you to master where you are. They pay you to do a good job. And if you're yeah. focused on here, then you're not focused here. Yeah. Then why should they give you a job there if you can't handle your job here? Mm-hmm. No. You know? So what has been your uh, your biggest highlight in your career this far? Um, wow. That's a good question. Being out here, man. Being here right now. L.A. Being there right you go. here. L.A. It all comes back to L.A. <laughs> Being here on Black Hollywood Live, getting to do these things and, and talk to creative people and, like, you know, this, you know, like, wow, well, years ago, I'd be like, you know, coming up, I'd be like, this is like something I wouldn't even imagine. Like, we're sitting here talking about my career. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so this, yeah. Well, I hope next time someone asks you that question, you could just keep your answer really simple and say, Jessica and Nick. Like Jessica and Nick. been, like. What's the highlight Quite of your career? Yeah. Jessica and Nick. Just yeah. saying. But they'll, they'll probably think Jessica Simpson and Nick, Nick Lachey. Nick I was just thinking that. Gonna be like, oh, and then it gets really true. weird. Yeah. 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 Like, not even white. Weird. I don't then, get it. Yeah, right. then the follow-up it's, questions it's just kind of weird. And <laughs> 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 so you've been in the industry, obviously, now for quite some time. You're doing really well. Uh, what are some of your words of wisdom for young adults who want to follow in your footsteps? I would say go take an acting class. Go take an acting class. Know and figure out if you love it before you make a job out of it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, I want to be in the movies. I want to come out here and audition. I'm like, do you even like to act? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, acting is, is hard work. And the more you do it, the more you realize it's hard work. And the more you you want something out of yourself and you challenge yourself to give what you believe you should be giving. And if you don't have that in you, if that's not your desire yeah. Like the result, like the res- uh, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, she's on The Walking Dead. We were at the premiere uh, party last night, and I said to her, like, wow, this is as glamorous as it gets for you, right? She's like, yeah, because, you know, outside of this, they're in Atlanta in the sticks, yeah. in the heat. Yeah. running, And, then, you know, they're really in the heat. They're really, like, on the grind. It's like shooting a gritty independent film. And it's like, yeah, you like the red carpet and the fact that it's on TV, but will you love being in the trenches for 10 hours you know will you be able to commit to your character when you are dehydrated when you're exhausted when they're spraying you down for ticks 
Ugh. you know, or if you're in, if you're on a, a, a soap, if you're on Bold and the Beautiful and you feel like it's not going the way you want it to go or you're having a hard time learning your lines, are you going to commit to working throughout the weekend, throughout the week, yeah. you know, you got to figure that out before you make it a job. Got to get this work. Get this work. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you stay on top of your game in such a competitive industry? Ah, man, I don't even think about it, dude. I just go. <laughs> yeah? I just go. I think if you think about it too much, if you think about it as a competitive industry too much, it, it can get in your head and it can cause you to to act and be certain ways that aren't authentic. Because no matter what I do, it's going to be competitive. Mm. Whether I'm relaxed and I'm chill and I... I'm serious about my work, but if I just let it roll off, it's still going to be competitive. And if I obsess about it, worry about it, try to hold on, no matter what I do. So might as well be relaxed. And when I go into rooms and meet people, if I'm relaxed to myself, that's more attractive than somebody who looks like, (sighs) you know? Yeah. And uh, how do you keep your your skills fresh? You still do classes and stuff? or I've been looking for a class. Um, Right now... Right now, it's it's just what I do on bold. Back in New York, I would always I would do a play once a year. Mm. So I'm kind of figuring that out now that I'm I'm in LA, figuring out what I what do I do here. But honestly, every day on bold, I you know I give myself an acting challenge. Yeah. <laughs> what am I you know that. accomplished today? Yeah. It's good. It's good. Well, we like to end our interviews on a high note, and we like to play games. Okay, I love games. <laughs> We're gonna test your comic book knowledge considering that you are the comic book buff fan oh man super fan <laughs> super duper duper fan super duper fan so i'm kind of mad at myself that i made some of these a little easier because i wasn't sure about your extensive See, comic if you book start knowledge. going into dates i'm in trouble I hope you don't. <laughs> no this is gonna be bad. an easy game we bad. are going to test your knowledge of superheroes' real names. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. First things first. Who is, this is an easy one, Tony Stark? Iron Man. Okay. Or Ghostface Killer, right? Didn't he call himself Tony yeah. Stark? Yeah. <laughs> or he was more like Tyrone Stark, but, you know. Was it Tyrone Stark? <laughs> okay, so you can give us the real name, and then Nick will give us the black name for each one. Yes. <laughs> Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Dang. God, that is a... Su- <laughs> you can't even... You can't, Steve Rogers. Stefan. Stefan. You don't want to go Family Matters on him, though. Like, you, are, you know, like, we'll, you know, Stefan, I don't know. I don't, Rogers, that's terrible. Rogers is hard. That's Dick terrible. Grayson. Robin or Nightwing. He knew both of them. Wow. <laughs> that's a fan. All right, Nick. Uh, Dick uh, uh, Reggie, <laughs> Robert, uh, uh, Grayson. Grayson could be a black man. Ah, yeah. way to weasel your way out of that one. <laughs> Wally West. Flash or Kid Flash? Depends who we're talking about. How old is he? <laughs> uh, <17. 40. laughs> the Flash. Wally West? Yes. Wally, uh, uh, uh Walls, Walls. Uh, East. Walls East. Yeah, Walls East. Walls East. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kurt Wagner. Oh, snap. (gasps) Kurt Wagner. Oh, did we finally stump you? Kurt Wagner. Was he on Bolton the Beautiful or something? Kurt. Yeah, he's on there. It sounds like a. (laughs) Right? Wasn't he on (laughs) a. Okay. The Adam? 
No. Blue Beetle? No. Big Tick. I don't know. You got me. Do you have a guess? Big Tick is my guess. No. Nightcrawler. Oh, oh. Marissa got it. <laughs> In the she booth, they died. got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh man. Last one. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. John Jacobson. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> John Jacobson. John Jacobson. Isn't he like Spider-Man's boss? That's J. Jonah James. Yeah, he's not superhero. That's yeah. Uh oh. I think I'm stumped. Uh, I think I'm stumped. Who is he? Who is he? That's good. I totally made that one up. (laughs) Oh. It's like John Jameson. I'm like, dang. You're getting these Johnny Walker. Wait a minute. (laughs) Johnny Walker. Uh, Good job. You got all of them except for Nightcrawler. Yeah. uh, (laughs) And there are two on here that aren't even worth seeing because they're way too easy. What were they? Bruce Wayne. What would you say? What would you say for Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne, I would, I would say, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> but like with two N's. Bruce, how about Bruce, Bruce Lil Wayne? Bruce, Bruce Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne. <laughs> that works. I did, or Bruce Bruce Wayne, or or Bruce Wayne, like like comedian Bruce Bruce <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, bro man, that would be it would be bro man, bro man Wayne, bro man Wayne, <laughs> Peter Parker. Uh, uh, double P, just hey, pay, pay, <laughs> big pay. Pete, like like Master P, it'll be paid. Hey, no big Pete Parker, make him say, uh, <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> See what I deal with every. It's week. terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, can't take me nowhere. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, well, before we end our interview, we want to give you a little bit of bragging rights. Tell us a little bit about what you have coming up next, some things that you're working on and looking forward to. Yes, uh, a film. I did a, a couple years ago, My Last Day Without You, that stars uh, Nicole Bahari. Oh, we did a film a couple years ago, um, and it is out in theaters now in selected cities. I believe it's Atlanta, D.C., New Orleans, Seattle, and I'm missing one. I want to say Chicago. I'm not sure. But if you look it up, if you Google My Last Day Without You, AMC theaters, it'll pop up. Very cool. So that's coming out, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's 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 all I can talk about right now. Aww. Yeah. And every day on the bold and beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> bold, beautiful CBS. And we're gonna hope to see that future script of Carter somewhere. Hey, <laughs> great, I'm great just put, I just put it out there. Yeah, you know, just throw it out in the just universe. Throw it out in the universe. See what happens. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lawrence. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for having me. This Gain was fun. Do you feel like we're best friends now? Absolutely. Was I right? Or yes, was I right? you're right. I was right. Absolutely right. Always. That's, that's, that's fine. Weird. Uh, <laughs> tell us where we can find you on Twitter. And Oh, you can follow me on Twitter if you uh, L St. Victor on Twitter. Is it and- spelled out? Or we got to tell our viewers how to spell it. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, if, you t- if you type in Lawrence Saint, He's like, I'll it'll get come back up. to you <laughs> on that one. If you type in Lawrence Saint Victor, Twitter will come up as well as Facebook. I'm I'm trying to get into Instagram. Oh, it's the best. It, but I feel like I do that with Twitter. Just put your shirtless pictures on there, and they're like, oh, I, I, no, that's all you gotta do. <laughs> I listen. I, no. I I almost did one. I almost did. You almost did a shirtless and picture, and I was about to lose some followers. Well, you know, I probably probably shouldn't do that. What what, what got you? <laughs> what made you feel like it's time 
No, because Soldier Boy walking around with the shirt off and Wiz Khalifa, I'm like, you know, skinny guys with bird chest, they can do it. I should be able to do it too. It I'm like, I don't have tattoos, so you know, it, it, not, it, it, not, it, doesn't, it doesn't work out. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us again. Find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. And where can we find you, Nick? All of the internet at the Nick Purdue. Until next time. From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood redefined. (laughs) You say you're going to cue me? The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.